0: Okay, so my part today is to start giving you the word of the Lord for 2024, the word of the Lord for us for 2024, the word of the Lord for me personally, for you individually, and for us as a body of Christ, and for the church as a whole. They should be able to hear this message online and say, that's for me, because it is for you. I've got a couple scriptures that I'll read. I'm going to read out of Revelation chapter 2 the last part of chapter 2 and the first part of chapter 3. And then I'm going to give definition to a lot of words. So I'm going to really please be patient with me, be forbearance with whatever, it long suffering with me. And uh, as I do this, this is not the easiest thing to do, but I'm going to do it. And my, one of my mentors is Rick Renner. And he does this constantly and I've learned from him how to do it, to take advantage of it. And I've learned to research words 40 years ago. I believe for a concordance, and the Lord sent me a concordance, and I started learning how to use it, which is sort of intimidating. Don't be intimidated by that. You need to learn how to do it, and you need to learn how to see the numbers in it and follow the numbers, and it will put a whole thought process of what that word actually means. So for the purpose of bringing to life the Scriptures, I'll say more about that in just a second. That's why I'm going to give you a lot of definitions, okay? Here's the scripture we're going to start with is, oh, uh, invite somebody to church this year. Start inviting people to church, okay? Would you do that? They need church. Start inviting people to church. Make it a, a routine of, hey, you go to church anywhere? You need to come to mission. Amen? At least go somewhere. If the Moose Lodge was preaching messages, I'd tell them, go to the Moose Lodge. They got a message this Sunday. You know what I mean? You can eat red beans and rice, drink a bark's of root beer, and hear a message there. <laughs> you need to go somewhere where you hear a message. <laughs> it's needful. Jesus wouldn't have said, I will build my church, and then and, and they gave us the example of gathering together if it wasn't <laughs> important. So it is very important that you be in a church, and you go to church, and you be part of the church. Can't back down from that. This is Revelation chapter 2, verse 25 through 29. I will put upon you none other burden but that which you already, that which you have already, hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keeps my works, notice works, works and word are tied together, but he says, and keeps my works. That just put responsibility on us. And keeps my works unto the end. To him will I give power over the nations. That's huge. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. As the vessel of a potter shall they be broken to shivers. Even as I received of my father, and I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. This is, to me personally, this word. It was several months ago. I knew that this was coming I, when Andrew and I meet and Joe. We talk about things, and I brought up, we need to do the word of the Lord. We need to be ready. We need to start thinking about it. You need to start praying about it. And when I started praying about it instantly, you know, it's if, if catch how simple prayer is. I just started asking, Lord, what's your word to the church next year? Thank you for showing me. Thank you for revealing it to me. And it came to me so personally, a lot of times I'm sleeping, and, I, and all of a sudden I realize, and I wake up, and there's a scripture. And so I've learned after about 30 years or so to, <laughs> to hey, that's important right there. Get yourself up. I don't want to get up. Get yourself up and write it down at least. And, uh, and so it's, it's there for me. And this was the scriptures to me, okay? And so there as well as to you. Turn me down just a little bit more, brother. And it can be applied to the corporate church as a whole. Perfect. If you know the Scripture, then you see that we're in the last days. It's, it's really not too hard to tell that we're, even though everybody said, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, Jesus, in their generation. We're saying it because we really believe it and we should really believe it. But uh, it's sort of like paying attention to the weather. You sit outside in January and the wind starts blowing and the clouds start looking dark. You think there's a cold front coming. Yeah, yeah. it's just that simple. We have media that covers the whole world and we can see the whole world's in trouble. Amen. So if we can't say the end is coming, then we're not looking. And Jesus said, You bunch of, he told it to a bunch of preachers, you bunch of goofballs. You can tell the weather, but you can't even tell what's going on. You know <laughs> what I mean? Okay? That's basically what he says Mississippi talk for, okay, we need to be watching and we realize things are coming down the line that shows we're we're there, we're near the end, okay, so it's very important that we pay attention to it. And if you're going through anything like me, or probably most of us, you're striving to stand and stay holy. And you're trying to be thoughtful of how close we are to the end. And you're trying to be thoughtful of how close we are to the Lord's rapture of those who are really vibrant, active members of His church. I hope you caught that because He's rapturing those who are really vibrant, active members of His church is what I understand, okay? So I'm going to take time to give definition to the words that Jesus Himself chose. He chose His words specifically. And when He chooses words, we should be able to get everything we can out of each individual word because He means something from it. Okay, so I'm going to take you and I'm going to give you definition in these scriptures. And the reason I'm doing that is to bring the scriptures alive to us, to make them bloom right here in front of us, okay, to make them more meaningful, to make them, uh, to raise our awareness to a height that it probably needs to stay at until we either pass away or till Jesus actually comes, Hallelujah. Okay. I have a friend, and he all the time is calling me and saying, I'm just checking to see if you're here, because we're there. And I'm surprised he didn't come yesterday, and I'm concerned if you're not here. Because <laughs> he, he tells me, he called me and said, I'm leaving everything to you, so I want you to have, I say the same thing, I want you to have my bank accounts, my keys in my car, my truck, and all this stuff. So when the rapture happens, you're taken care of. <laughs> so that's not nice, is it? So I use it all the time on friends too, amen? <laughs> and uh, we, I find myself having to force my mind to think, I need to live like Jesus is coming. I need to live like he's coming. Please, Lord, please, please, please help me be ready for you. Please help me be clean. Please help me be holy. I don't know about you, but it's a continual, pressurized situation sort of to make yourself stay in line. The world offers everything right now. And they say nothing bad about any of it. And you, we have to guard our minds. Prayer this morning was wonderful. You should have been here. What went on in prayer this morning? Oh my goodness, it was wonderful. Okay, so we need to stay with our mind focused on and aware of Him coming, either till we pass away or He catches us away. And He said this He said this in the scripture, I will put upon you none other burden. The word put is the word ballo, it means throw. And it comes partially from the word Diabolo, where we hear of the devil, okay? Because what it means is the devil throws and throws and throws. And here's the definition of ballo. It means to throw, more or less violent or intense, to cast, to put, to thrust. So when the devil does this to us, he throws thoughts at us. He throws thoughts at us. And he's trying to penetrate our soul, the guard we have around it with God's word, the guard we have around it of, I need to live right, I need to do right, I shouldn't do that, I shouldn't look at that, I shouldn't... Okay, and He's trying to penetrate that so if He can get a penetration through our soul, then He gets an in-route and what we give our attention to, our desires will follow. Okay, so Jesus is saying this. He's saying, I will put upon you none other burden. So Jesus is saying, I'm not going to throw at you more than you can handle. I'm not going to violently and intensely pressure you and cast on you and put on you and thrust on you. No other burden. The word burden is baros in the Greek and it means weight or burdensome. So thank you Lord that Jesus doesn't weigh us down in a way that we can't handle it. He doesn't put on us more than we can handle. Okay. We will put on ourselves more than we can handle. There's even a scripture that bears witness of what I'm saying. It says the Lord won't put upon you more than you can handle. He'll provide a way of escape. Okay, But we'll put on us more than we can handle. We'll take more than we can do, and we'll cross the line. He won't let us cross the line. We let ourselves cross the line. So He puts these signals in us not to do that. Okay, So He puts no other burden upon us than what what we already have. And then He says, that which you have but that which you have, the word already is italicized in the King James Version, meaning it was put in there at the discretion of the writers. And I'm glad they did that in that place because it it says, but that which you have already. So what this is saying to us is Jesus is saying, I'm not going to force you to do more than what you can handle or what you already have, but there is a requirement, okay? And the uh, saying... That which you already have comes from the word echo. In the Greek, it means such as possession ability. What you possess, the ability you have to use that. Here's my definition of this, okay? My working level or your working level of your knowledge of God's word. So Jesus is going to expect us to be using what we already have, and He's not going to press us to act on His Word or know His Word beyond the working ability of our knowledge of God's Word that we already have. You see, we all have knowledge of God's Word. What are you actually using of your knowledge of God's Word? You know what I mean? It takes effort to use it. And so so He says that, I'm not going to burden you down, but that which you already have. So... Part of God's word that you are actually producing results in is your knowledge of what you already have. Where you're producing results in your life because of your acting or working it. It's like a boss on a job site. He only gives responsibilities to the employees that can handle it. Okay. So the problem is when you have employees who can actually handle something, but they refuse to. So there's no more money going to come to them, no more authority going to come to them, because they're only worth whatever they're willing to handle. And they, they may be able to handle driving nails, they may be able to handle cutting a board, they may be able to handle putting screws in something, but they can't handle reading plans. They can't handle measuring. They can't handle cutting. So guess what? They're stuck where they are till they're willing to use everything they know already. And then it's like I'm in ministry, so I see these other ministers minister. Like my example is with Brother Jimmy. I watched how he ministered and I thought, okay, I've got to learn how to minister what he's teaching right now and learn to do it as good as he does it, if not better. And so Jesus is expecting what we already have for us to learn how to use what we have, but at the same time, us be looking at where we can do better with more that's out there. And then when we're able to do better with more, then he's going to what? He's going to give us more. But he's not going to put us anything that we're not willing to do, even though we're exposed to it. I use construction because I work construction. I sat on many job sites and I'd watch the guy who was in charge of it and he's framing the roof and he'd sit there just like this. And I would go out there and stand behind him and think, he's trying to figure out how that roof pitch is going to work. And then I'd go watch him and he'd put it down and and he'd throw a board up to him and it'd fit. And I thought, how did he make five cuts on one board and it fits in there? You see, I couldn't handle it at that time. He couldn't have said, here's a saw, here's the thing, here's the plans, here's a square, here's a, and me do it. I could develop myself to that place. Do you get what I'm saying? Okay? So we're headed in a direction that Jesus wants us to improve. And then Jesus used the words, hold fast. I, put, I will put upon you none other burden, but that which you have already. Hold fast till I come. Hold fast is kreteo in the Greek, and it means to use strength. That is to seize, retain, hold Hold fast, obtain, retain, or take. So where we're headed is going to take all our strength to hang on to what we already know. I found myself, I've been saved 40-something years, and I find myself in the position of, am I even saved, Lord? I'm being tempted with this, and I'm actually thinking about it? I need your help, Lord. Lord. Please help me. Please help me. I want to make it, Lord. I don't want to mess up. And so this is saying it's going to take all our strength. Jesus is saying you're going to have to use your strength. And you're going to have to seize and you're going to have to retain and you're going to have to hold fast and you're going to have to obtain and you're going to have to take what you already have and keep it right there close to you. And He says, till, the word till comes from the word H-O-O, Who? It means when, to, whither, at which place. There, I, there, that is where, and it says till I. The word I is a long word, is a, cre, a crease, and it means until or up to, till even unto or until while, and he says till I come. The word come is a little tiny Greek word an, and it means whatsoever, whomsoever, where. In so whatever, what thing so ever, as many as, where, with, so whatever. A lot of words there, isn't it? <laughs> we can't get lost in them because I'm going to bring it all together to, for us in a second, all right? Here's my interpretation of hold fast till. Just this little part, okay? You use all your strength and you do whatever it takes. You do it as long as it takes. You wait however long it is, doing what things soever you're supposed to do, till I come. And I could add, till you pass away, if he doesn't come. He don't care how old you are. What he's concerned about is what he's assigned us to do. Then he says, he that overcomes... And he that overcometh and keep my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a warad of iron. As the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. He that overcometh is nikao, and it means conquer, prevail, get to victory. So if you're going to conquer something, there's something that has to be conquered. So it's not easy to conquer. If you're going to prevail, that means there's something that's coming against you trying to keep you from prevailing. If you're going to get to victory, there's a battle that you're going to fight that you're going to have to be victorious over. Okay, I say it often. Just because you get a victory, get ready because you're going into another battle of something else, and thank God we get revealed to us. Okay, When these things were revealed to me, these scriptures, I realized I have to conquer these things. I have to get... I have to prevail over these things. I have to get the victory over these things and keep the victory. Amen. Amen? Amen. So he says, uh, He that overcomes, he that conquers, he that prevails, he that gets the victories, and keeps. Tereo is the Greek word. And keepeth is, is the meaning of it is to guard from loss or injury. Wow, so our knowledge of God's word, where we were as a Christian once, where we are as a Christian now. Have we guarded from loss or injury what we've learned? Listen to this to guard from loss or injury properly by keeping the eye upon. I have to watch myself. Implies a fortress of full or full military lines of apparatus. This means my life needs to have a military setting around it of all these guns and grenades and weapons and missiles and aircraft and all this stuff around my life guarding me from everything, okay? It implies a fortress of full military lines or of apparatus figuratively to fulfill the command. And we've all got commands from the Lord that we're supposed to do. Observe, watch, persevere, and be a keeper. He that overcomes and keeps, my, the word my is, uh, means my, me, mine, mine own. And Jesus is the only one who when we hear someone say something about something, he has the right to use, it's mine it's my ministry, it's my church, it's my building, it's my people, it's my sheep, it's my word, it's my desire, it's my sound equipment, it's my... He's the only one who says, I'm the one who did that. (laughs) Amen. And when he says those things, we say, sir. sir, yes, sir. Amen. we just get to join in on his work, his will. We should push everything towards him except our reason of failure or neglect. He that keeps my works. The word works, the Greek word is ergon. And it means to toil as an effort or occupation. That's work, brother. Amen? You get some blisters over doing God's will. That's Mississippi talk about it, okay? By implication, an act, deed, doing labor, work. So we don't get off scot-free being a member of the church. There's things that God expects us to do that the Lord expects us to do. So let me ask you this. What's your work that Jesus has assigned to you? What's He equipped you with? What's He talented you with? What's He appointed you to do? Because what I just read, you're supposed to be doing that till the day you kick the bucket or Jesus comes. There's no way out of it. The gifts and callings of God are without... (coughs) And as far as Jesus is concerned, he wants us busy. Now, I realize that we have our lives that we live. I was doing something yesterday. I was studying yesterday. Joel called me. Hey, what you doing? My friends call me, and they know when they catch me at home. So I'm saying, I know you're studying, meaning I don't want you around me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, But my son called, and I said, I'll be free a little later. And I studied and studied, and I've been studying for days. And then I was studying, and all of a sudden bubbled up in my heart, you're okay. You can do something. So I got up and waxed the boat, and it set my mind free from all the tension of I'm going to be standing before people talking about God's Word for 2024, and I've got to be right. I can't be a bozo. I can't miss it. I can't not say what you've asked me to say. And all of a sudden, in my heart is, you're okay right now. Get up. And I went and did something that just took all my attention off the pressure of me. So I'm saying this to you. The calling, the gift, the talent, whatever God has given you, realize that it shouldn't dominate us to the place where we feel like we're worthless to Him when we take times to let ourselves be. Amen? Okay, he says, He that, uh, let me find where this is, and keepeth my works, oh, unto the end. Unto the end is the same word that was used as I, when Jesus said I, okay, I will give. It's a, cre- a crease, up until, up to, till even, unto, or unto while. Isn't that amazing? The same two words, one of them is I, and one of them is. Unto. And then the next word, unto the end. Telos is the Greek word. it, it, It means properly the point aimed at as a limit. So there's a place where this is going to end. Yeah. I like how it says until time is fulfilled. We're getting there. It's being filled up. And it's so close to overflowing. It's what I think, okay? It says, to properly to the point aimed at as a limit, that is by implication, the conclusion of an act or state or termination. So Jesus is saying, to me it's this, until I die, Paul, Paul, until you die, you keep doing what I've asked you to do, or till I come back, no matter what happens in the earth, you keep doing what you know to do. See, like I used to think, oh, I'm called to be a missionary. I'm called to be a missionary. I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. And the Lord allowed me many times to go on different mission trips but they were all part-time. And then I realized I don't have the character and I don't have the, uh, what I said to you earlier. He couldn't trust me being a full-time missionary because I didn't have that. That wasn't his calling for my life. But his calling was to go help at times and do that. So you know what I've never have lost is that zeal to go at times and do that. And over the last years when we haven't gone, my prayer has been, okay, Lord, open the door for me. And I'll go. If you open it, I'll step through. I won't break the door down to do something, though. And I could have broke the door down and done something. And I'm glad I didn't. Thank you, Lord. So he says, you keep doing what the Lord's called you until the termination, the act state of termination to the end. And he said, to him I will give power. Excusia is the Greek word. And it means power, authority. I like that. Authority, right. Liberty, jurisdiction, and strength. And here's my interpretation. Okay, this is my interpretation. You can take it, you can get mad and say, How dare he do that? This is me doing this. It's not you doing it. So just receive it, okay? I'm not adding to, as far as I know, or taking away from the scriptures, but I'm giving you my interpretation, my understanding of what the scripture I just gave definition to a lot of the words means, okay? Here it is I'm not going to throw at you, put or thrust upon you more weight or burdens but what you already have in your possession and ability. Your working level knowledge of my assigned will and word, where you're actually producing results in your life by doing my will and acting on my word by working it, hold fast to that. I'm going to t- it's going to take all your strength to do. It's going to take all your strength for you to do whatever it takes. That is, you're going to have to seize, use, retain, and obtain however long it takes, doing exactly what you're supposed to do until I come. He that prevails and conquers until he gets the victory, you're the one who's going to have to guard from loss or injury by keeping your eye upon what I've asked you to do. You're going to have to make yourself like a fortress, a full military defense. Observe. Watch, persevere, and keep my work, the toil, the effort, the gift or occupation, doing the labor I've called you to. <coughs> work, upon, work until the end, till you get to the limit of this age or the termination of your existence as you know it. If you will do that and succeed at it, I will give you authority, liberty, jurisdiction, and strength to rule over the nations. Authority so powerful that if the nations you are over refuse to submit to your rule, you can take your scepter made of iron and break them in pieces and start all over again, just like my father gave me the authority to do the same. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. So the word of the Lord to me and to his church, is that, but remember I said I'm going to give you two scriptures out of Revelation. Revelation chapter 3, verse 3. This was to me also, okay? I mean, the Lord's witnessing these things in my heart. You know how you get things witnessed in your heart from the Lord? You spend time with the Lord and let Him witness things to you in your heart. I mean, that's, that's about as simple as you can get it. Um, um, it's not like that. It's, Lord, what can you tell me? What can I do? Where do I need? And it slowly comes to us. But when it comes, pay attention to it. Okay, here's the next scripture. Be watchful. This is Revelation 3.3. Be watchful and and strengthen the things which remain. That's huge. That are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember. Therefore, how you have received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore you shall not watch, I will come as a thief. I will come on you as a thief, and you shall not know what hour I will come upon you. Here's the meanings of some words in here. Be, genomei. Be, it actually means come to pass, be made, be done, be fulfilled. That's a lot stronger than just reading the word be, okay? It's actually saying this, is come, this has to come to pass in your life. You have to make this happen. You have to be done with other things. You must make this be fulfilled. What? What has to be fulfilled? That you be watchful. The Greek word is Gregorio, and it means to keep watch. That is, watch literally or figuratively. Be vigilant, awake, and watchful. And then he says, Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain. Strengthen is de rizzo. It means to set fast. That is literally to turn resolutely in a certain direction or to confirm, fix, establish, steadfastly set and strengthen. Establish. Establish what? Fix myself on what? Resolutely look in what direction? To confirm what? the things which remain. I don't know about you, but there's things in the Word of God that seem to just wash away. uh, Hebrews says it. I don't know if I've got the Scripture in here. It (laughs) says we need to be really careful because we let things slip. We may have walked in this one time, and now we're not walking in it, so we let it slip, okay? So the things which remain is the word loipoi, and it means the remnant, the residue which remains. So he's saying, there's just a residue of what you had in your life. You've been through all these church services. You've been through all these different things, all these trips, all these here, all these preachers, all these meetings, and all there is is a residue, a remnant that remains. And then the next verse says, that are ready to die. apothnesko, to die off, dying, be slain, be at the point of death, perish Lie a dying. I mean, this is to me. I want the Lord to awake me. And so I get these scriptures and I realize I've got to tighten up. So this is the word of the Lord to you. You've got to tighten up. And this is the word of the Lord to you, the church as a whole. You've got to change your direction, and and put your sight on the things that the Lord has for you and expects out of you, and start doing it as dying off. The world is set up to make sure it dies off out of us. Then he says this, For I, I have not found your works perfect before God, this word found is, is heurisco, and we get the word from it, eureka, which is a great word. It means, I, I used to say it a lot, eureka. In other words, all of a sudden, hey, I found it. You know, it's like the guy who's uh, looking for a good job, and he gets a job that pays him $137 an hour. Eureka! You know what I mean? Or you're in, you're in the creek, and you're panning for gold, and you're looking, you're looking, you're looking, all of a sudden, eureka. Amen? (laughs) Okay? That's what this is saying, and Jesus is saying, I have not found a eureka moment in your life. He wants to look at us and say, eureka. But he says, I have not found. This This is what it means to say, as to say, What a great surprise to find. And he says, I have not found your works, ergon, toil as an effort or occupation, remember we've already heard this, by implication, an act, deed, doing labor or work. So he's saying, I'm looking for that eureka moment in your life where I find you doing what I've asked you to do. It's dying off. You've let it slip. If there's one thing you do, get your attention, get your eyes on what I've asked you to do and get doing it. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. Grab hold to it and hold on. Amen. <laughs> Amen? I have not found your work perfect. Pleruo is the Greek word and it means literally to cram. In other words, you haven't found us cramming ourselves, cramming ourselves, cramming ourselves with this... His will, His word, word His purpose, His desire. Okay, literally, cram, satisfy, execute an office, complete, end, expire, fill up, fully, fully preach, perfect supply. And then He says, remember. Mane mu is is remember, and it means be mindful, take mention of, to exercise your memory, that is, recollect or re collect, also to rehearse. So we should make ourselves remember what the Lord asked us to do. We should make ourselves remember the talents He's given us. We should make ourselves know where we're supposed to act on His Word, whether it's repentance, whether it's forgiveness, whether it's become the boss at the company, whether it's time and prayer, whatever it is, you know the things that you need to do. You know the things that are on your life. And we're at the end. And he's saying, remember, make your mind be full of these things. I, find my, I, I found myself having to pull out CDs, having to pull out uh, teachings, having to read devotionals, having to make myself re remember, recollect my walk with the Lord, my thoughts of what He's asked me to do, my place in His kingdom, in His government, in His church, in my personal life. And he says, remember how, pas, in what way is what it means. Sometimes the question is indirect, and this is what it says in the Greek, sometimes the question is indirect, as an exclamation. How much, remember how much, remember how much, by what manner or means, if you started running through the files of your mind, like I was in David Hogan's services, and it just etched in my spirit memories of authoritative ministry, and it revolutionized my life of, I can walk in, I can walk in that authority too. <laughs> like he walks in. I don't, I don't do it as much as I used to in front of y'all, but if I get somewhere else, I get in front of people and say, I don't care what the devil thinks about it. He can't hold you where he thinks he can, and he's not gonna hold me where he thinks. Okay? That's recollect these things. Don't don't let us lose what we've got and remember how you got it. You're getting something right now from me standing in front of you. Okay? You've given out before too. And he says, Don't, don't, don't forget that. Don't don't uh As an exclamation, remember how much and by what manner you, and the next word is received, how you received, and that's lambano, to take, violent, or seize, or remove, accept, take, have, catch, which was used before. How you received what you heard. The word heard is akou and it means to hear in various senses. You know, you can hear with your eyes, and you'll hear people say, did you hear what I'm saying? Did you, did, did you see what I said? You hear with your feelings? Did you catch what, okay? So it, it says in various senses, heard in various senses, you give audience, it comes to your ears, be noised, be reported, be understood, and that hold fast. This hold fast is not the same word or meaning as hold fast in Revelation 2.25 where it says, hold fast, kreteo, it means to use your strength. That is to seize or retain, hold, hold fast, obtain, retake. This hold fast is uh, the same as Revelation 2.26 that says, and keepeth, te reo. It means to guard from loss, hold fast, to guard from loss, or injury properly by keeping your eye upon, and it implies a fortress of full military lines or of apparatus, figuratively to fulfill the command, observe, watch, preserve, and keep. So Jesus is saying, remember therefore how you have received and heard and hold fast. Set a defense around you. The devil is going to try and take it from you. Your friends are going to try and take it from you. People who don't know the word and don't know uncompromise are going to try and get you to compromise. Don't do it. Protect yourself from that. And then he says, repent, metaneo. It means just think differently. Or afterwards, that is reconsider. And here's what it says in here. Morally to feel compunction. The word compunction means a feeling of guilt or moral scruple that presents or follows the doing of something bad. So right now, while I'm saying these to you, I know the Holy Spirit. I know He's been pointing out areas in your life, and you've been having, check, I need to redo that. Check, I need to do, check, I need to do that. He's so good at that, you know what I mean? And He's such a gentleman. He's just waiting for us to say, will you help me with that? Because He is the... Helper of the church, not to condemn her, not to beat her up, her, but to strengthen her. You know, he's, he's there for us. <coughs> okay, so he says, Repent, think differently, and reconsider morally to feel compunction, a feeling of guilt or moral scruple that presents or follows the doing of something bad. Okay, and then he says, If the word if not means, uh, the word if means if not. If, not, you sh- if you shall not watch, Gregorio, if you won't keep watch, if you won't keep awake, if you won't be watchful, if you won't be vigilant, I'm going to come. That word come is heiko. I'm going to arrive to be present. I will come. I will come. Uh, come as a thief on you as a thief and you shall not know the word know is gnoscō it means you will not perceive and you will not understand Amen. everything I've set up until now is building up a willingness to receive the word of the Lord and a willingness to understand what part you have in walking in his will for your life And he says, if you don't do these things, he's talking to me, okay? I'm I'm learning these things, so I'm pointing at me, and it's pointing at you, and it's pointing at you. If not, if you don't know, you won't perceive, you won't understand what hour, the word hour is what time or what season. Now remember, I started out saying, you can look at the weather and tell when a cold front's coming. You can look at the weather and tell. It's not a good day to take the boat out front. (laughs) You know what I mean? You can look at the weather and tell. You know why? Because you perceive and you understand because of your observation of the natural things around us. What I'm telling you is perceive and understand the supernatural things that are going around us because they're going to happen no matter what. Whether we get ignorant or not, they're going to happen. Okay? And he says the hour, the time, the season. Here's my interpretation of Revelation 3, verse 2 and 3. Make it come to pass and be fulfilled that you are awake. That is, you are watching, being vigilant and watchful. Be steady to turn resolutely into the direction that confirms and establishes that you are steadfastly set, strengthened, and established in the residue of your knowledge of His will. For your life which remains but is dying off, even right at the point of death and ready to perish, depends on this decision. Jesus has looked at your life and has not found the effort or occupation that you give. No act or deed in your efforts of labor or your work surprises Him. No eureka moment. Nothing is satisfactory or has been completed to an end. Nothing is filled up, or you haven't fully preached, and there's no perfect supply. You must remember and keep your mind full. Make mention of and exercise your memory, that is, recollect and rehearse the way and how much you have received from Him, what you have grabbed hold of, what you have accepted, taken, and you have caught, what you have heard and given audience to, that which has come to your ears and has been reported, Guard everything you've learned up until now. Guard so you don't lose it, so it's not injured. Keep your eye upon it. Build a fortress and put everything you have around it to protect it so you will fulfill His commands. Observe, watch, persevere. Be one who is a keeper of what you know. Where you stand right now, start thinking differently. That is, reconsider anywhere you have a Feeling of guilt because of your relationship with the Lord. Change it. Renew your relationship. Make it stronger than ever. If you don't choose to stay awake and be vigilant, Jesus will arrive and be present all of a sudden. In a season, at a time, you will not perceive or understand and you will not be ready for and you will be in great trouble. So what do I do, Brother Paul? (coughs) We're going to go a few more minutes, amen? Mm -hmm. Kentucky Fried Chicken's open all day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. This is very important. This is the word of the Lord to us. Part of it. Let me say this. There is the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher who are given for the work of the ministry, for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. So I just have a very tiny part in the word of the Lord to us. Danny has a part, Andrew has a part, Joe has a part, Stephanie has a part. So as we sit under these ministries, realize, and let's see if the Lord gels all these things together. Let's see if I'm completely out of line saying this. Or let's see if the Lord is taking us all and intermingling His will. I've said it many times in our meetings. We need to each voice what we think the Lord wants us to do in this ministry. Then we know what the Lord is thinking about what to do. I cannot say, this is what I think the Lord should do. The Lord told me to do this, and y'all need to all do what I say because that's what the Lord told me. No, the Lord may have told them something else, so we all need to say, we found His will. And then we're safe-acting. Amen? Okay, number one. What do I do, Brother Paul? Help me out here. Establish or reestablish a relationship with the Lord. Come clean in every area possible. Man, when I start these things, I start to cleanse me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Strengthen me, Lord. Okay? Come clean. Here's what you do. You trash your idols. The thing that you get mad at when people interrupt you while you're doing it, I call it while I'm paying homage to my idol. If someone interrupts me, I get mad. I've been waiting all week to do this. And someone interrupts me, that's a stinking idol. That thing is more important to me than a human being or God's will for my life. So trash your stinking idols. Get free from all addictions. Make knowledge of His will for your life. And knowledge of His Word of utmost importance. I'm telling you, these Tuesday night teachings, if you can't come, go pull it up on uh, our website, on Facebook, on... uh, Say the things, Andrew. YouTube. YouTube YouTube Podcast. Podcast. Go pull them up. They are focusing on us on knowledge of His will and knowledge of His Word are of utmost importance for our lives. And that's where faith comes from. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So... Here's another thing, okay? So what do I do, Brother Paul? Help me out. His Word is where you get your spiritual strength to be victorious over the solicitations that the devil brings to us. And His Word is where we get our spiritual strength to move the mountains out of our lives. And His Word is what keeps us from, uh, uh, oh, it moves the mountains out of our lives that keep us from progressing to the place where we know where we should be in our walk with the Lord. Those mountains are set up on purpose to stop us from progressing. But if you will stay in His Word, His Word will give you the strength to make them mountains come down. Remember this people aren't the problem, but people are used to help us and bless us, or they're used to be a distraction to us and give us opportunity to want to quit or move ourselves out of the place where the Lord has for us. Live the life of love. Love towards God and love towards others. I mean, all the days of our life, you're going to get opportunity to say, I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them. Well, guess what? If you're saying that, then the Lord has opportunity to say to you, I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. <laughs> Amen? Okay? Uh, and then here's, here's, here's love. This is... Uh, 1 Corinthians 13:4 through8. this is what love does this is how love acts. okay? Love endures with patience and serenity. Love is kind and thoughtful. It is not jealous or envious. Love does not brag and it is not proud or arrogant. It is not rude, it is not self-seeking. It is not provoked, not overly sensitive or easily angered, a drama king or a drama queen. It's not that. It does not take into rec- account, it does not take into account a wrong, Endured. It does not en- rejoice at injustice, but rejoices with the truth. Uh, it's bubbling up, so I need to stop. It does not take into account a wrong endured. Love does not keep a record book that when someone gets around you, oh, there's Connie. I remember what she did to me. You know what Connie did to me 37 years ago? Yeah, yeah. I forgave her though, but I haven't forgot. <laughs> that must be huge. For that to need to be said again. I know it's been huge in my life. Glory be to God. It does not take into account a your accounting book. It doesn't keep it recorded. (laughs) Why is it out. okay? Okay. It does not rejoice at injustice, but rejoices when the truth, when right and truth prevail. Love bears all things regardless of what comes, believes all things, looking for the best in each one, hopes all things, remaining steadfast. During difficult times, endures all things without weakening. Love never fails. It never fades nor ends. Number two, what do I do, Brother Paul? Help me out here. Make forgiveness first nature. If you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Drop the issue. Let it go. This is Jesus right here. This is Mark chapter 11, verse 23 to 25. If you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Drop the issue. Let it go. So that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive you your transgression and wrongdoings against him and others. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your transgressions. The third thing, this is huge here, Kate. Say, it's okay, Brother Paul. I didn't hear it too well. Okay, remember the first scripture I gave you? Preach the word in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort, okay? Here we go. Be a soul winner. This is the reason why Jesus gave His life. So This has to be the number one reason He wants us to give our lives. To lead people to salvation through Him. This is a learned process. I have to make myself practice it and practice it and practice it. Being a soul winner, we must learn to remove ourselves from ourselves. If we never get rich, if we never become famous... If we never become powerful, when we stand before Jesus, those things really won't mean much, if anything. But there is something that will mean the world to Him. How many people did we pray the prayer of salvation with? That is a very, I don't use the word fear or scared or hate or all that in my language. You hardly ever will catch me saying that. Or... uh I don't believe that, or whatever those uh, sayings are that people say. But it's a very eye-opening thing to think I'm going to stand before Jesus, and if I have to say, I led no one to salvation, Lord. That pushed me to learn how to lead people to salvation. How many people do we pray the prayer of salvation with? How many people did we pray? the prayer of salvation with. How many people did we give Scripture about what they must do to be saved? Sometimes you only have opportunity to say something that's in line with the Scripture. The way I received salvation was so my dope-head friend was at my dope-head house. We were doing dope-head smoking dope marijuana, which is dope. (laughs) And uh, he said to me, you need to ask Jesus to help you. You know what that's in line with? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He probably wasn't even thinking that in a million years. But to me and the Holy Ghost, it was, you need to ask Jesus to help you. Because if I do that, I'm calling upon the Lord. And if I'm calling upon the Lord, he's going to save me. And he did it just out of that. Thank you, Lord. Okay. How many people did we give scripture about what they must do to be saved? Let me ask you if this scripture concerns you. This is Matthew 16, verse 25. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. You know, this scripture is in all four gospels. That is major. It's in one gospel twice. And I just have enough sense to read all four, all <laughs> five places to you, okay? So what we have to do is we must learn to remove ourselves from ourselves. We've got to lose ourselves. Amen? This is in Mark. That was Matthew. This is Mark. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the Gospels, Scriptures, the same shall save it. We must learn to get over the fear of talking to others about salvation through Jesus. Help me, Brother Paul. How do I do these things that Jesus is asking us to do? That you just read out of Revelation those two spots. Learn to get over talking to people about Jesus. Did you hear the first word I said? Learn. It is a learned process. You're not going to be the best at it. But you can learn to be okay at it. Amen. Amen. This is Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. We're telling people how to receive Jesus for Jesus' sake. Not for my sake. I don't save them. It's His thing. Amen? Amen? We must remember that we owe Jesus everything. Everything. I've got a friend, he calls me once in a while and says, I have to do this. I have to pray for people. I have to tell people about Jesus. I have to lay hands on people. He owns me. I have no choice in the matter if I'm going to be obedient. And usually he's hollering at me. You know what? He's caught it. He's protecting it. He's rehearsing it. He's remembering. He's renewing himself. He's guarding himself with a defense of this is God's will. This is Jesus' will. This is his plan for me and for every person who calls herself a Christian, and I'm not going to miss it. That's what he's saying to me, man. Thank God for friends like that. Thank you, Lord. We owe him everything. This is Luke again, twice in Luke. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life shall and whosoever shall lose his life, oh, and whosoever and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. This preservation in giving yourself to the Lord's will. We must learn to get over our intimidation. And this is John. He that loves his life shall lose it, and he that hates his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. He that loves his life shall lose it, and he that hates his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. Another scripture for you. For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his glory and the Father's and of the Holy Angel's. And here's Hebrews, therefore we ought, the word ought means must, should, must needs, to give the more earnest heed. The word earn, more earnest means more abundant, more frequent. Heed to the things which we have heard. Don't let a, you got to protect them. Lest at any time we should let them slip or carelessly pass away is what the word slip means. How shall we escape? If we neglect, if we be careless of, make light of, neglect, be negligent, and regard not, so great a salvation that we received. If the change that took place in you (coughs) and me when we first received salvation, if that change no longer has the effect on you like it once did and we no longer have any desire to tell anyone about what Jesus did for us, then we're in a dangerous place. If you have never experienced what happens when you say, Jesus, I receive you as my Savior, then you probably have never been saved from spiritual death or the penalty of sin. I mean when you say, Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. Inside you, you're changed from spiritual death to spiritual life, and you can't get past that feeling. that happens. It's not a feeling, it's a sensation that happens inside you. It is an undeniable experience <coughs> when you are what the Bible calls... <coughs> born again or saved. That's why Christians are so strong in their faith and refusal to deny the Lordship of Jesus. My suggestion to you and to you is call upon Jesus to save you right now. You tell him yourself. You heard me say several times today, I've called on Jesus recently and said, Save me, Lord save me from myself I don't want to miss it good Lord look at my life help me tell him yourself tell him you receive and accept what he did for you by his death burial and resurrection tell him yourself that you are thankful for what he did and you receive Him as your Savior. Do it right now. Do it right now while you're sitting here. If you can't, I can't do this for you. I can only do it with you. And right now, all I'm simply doing is leading you to do it for yourself. So please don't wait another minute. In your heart, just start talking to the Lord. You can hear and talk at the same time. He designed us to do that. Here's what Romans 5, 6 through 8 says. But God, (coughs) actually, it's Romans 5, 6. But God put his love on the line for us, offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use to him whatsoever. My version is God demonstrated his love for us in this way. Even when we were still sinners, Christ died for us to save us from the penalty of sin. So you and I must learn. We must learn to do this every opportunity we get. Lead people to salvation. We must be watchful and look for opportunities. It's not going to happen everywhere you go, all the time you go. You must be watchful and looking for opportunities. I have a friend. Isn't it nice to have friends? I have a friend that he calls me. And he's usually yelling. (laughs) Because he's taking the opportunity. Constantly, he calls me whenever he gets his chances. And he says, we can't miss it. We can't miss the opportunity. Their eternal life depends on me. Paul, you can't miss opportunities. Someone's eternal life depends on you. Be looking for him, my brother. Be looking for him, my brother. Be looking for him, my brother. brother. And then he'll share what he just did with someone. And the testimonies are unreal that happen. You may say, I don't know how to lead someone to salvation. Or pray the sinner's prayer with someone. You can at least say, have you ever received Jesus as your Savior? Remember, I don't even speak Spanish, really. But I do say, Jesus Christ es el Señor. And they know that means that if you received Jesus, your Lord and Savior. And I look at their reaction. And if they react with, yes, I have, then I say, "Don está Iglesia? <laughs> Okay, you can at least say, have you ever received Jesus as your Savior? I'm giving you things to say, okay? Take notes. I'm giving you things to say. I'm exhorting you, okay? I'm helping you. You can at least ask the question, would you like to? That's not hard to do. Or would you like to ask Jesus to help you? That's not hard to do. Would you like to ask Jesus to help you? Is what most of the time they say, and they're needing you to help ask them, ask Jesus to help them. Or at least you can get them to pray if their answer is yes, or pray with you, or you pray for them. Hallelujah. Here's an example prayer. Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for the life I've lived up until now which has been involved in some sins and has offended you. Please forgive me, and I thank you for giving your son for me. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord. Save me from my sins. No church service, no long description, no nothing. Jesus will take that and use it, brother. Hey, I know we're long, but you know what we have to do? Keep going, okay? We're almost there. We're almost there. (coughs) Jesus said this scripture. Let me look at this before. Oh, yeah, we're there. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Okay. And many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And in your name have cast out devils? And in your name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess to them, I never knew you. Get out of my face. That's Mississippi. King James is, depart from me, you that work iniquity. That's Matthew chapter 7, verse 22 and 23. So take notice. There's something here that is missing that is of major importance. Notice. None of these many, that word many means a huge, huge, almost innumerable amount of people will be crying out, Lord, Lord, we prophesied. They'll all be doing it at the same time. It's like all of y'all are saying, you're saying, we prophesied, you're saying, we've done many works, we cast out devils, y'all all saying it at the same time. That's what this setting is if you go look it up. They're all screaming it before Jesus because they're standing before the Lord of glory and they realize something fixing to happen. And I don't think it's good. Lord, Lord! And not one of them said, I have led people to salvation through your name. It's not recorded here that anyone was screaming out, I led one person to salvation through your name. But they're screaming out, I prophesied. I cast out devils. I did many wonderful works. So I guess one way to say is that this is a major problem. And could it be that Jesus is saying, if you prophesy in His name and don't lead people to salvation, if you cast out devils in His name and don't lead people to salvation, if you do many, many wonderful works in His name and don't lead people to salvation, to Him it's equal to iniquity. That's me saying that. But these, we're there. Most of the people in the church are not active soul winners, and that's tragic. You say, but pastor, I give my money. I don't care how much money you give. If you're not endeavoring to bring souls to Christ, you're not right with God. You may say, I teach. Well, I teach. I'm a preacher. I'm a pastor. I don't care how eloquently you teach or preach. Just because you stand behind the pulpit or teach or preach This is not the place where you're only to be winning or trying to win people to Jesus or lead people to salvation. If you're not trying to bring souls to Jesus outside of the church, then you're not right with God. I've been in many meetings with all these big names that men have ascribed to them or even Jesus may have ascribed to them. And I've never seen any of them in any restaurant I've sat with them or any other place say, can the Lord do anything for you? Can we pray for you? And I'm shocked. This is not the place. Only we lead people to salvation. If you're not trying to bring souls to Jesus outside of the church, you're not right with God. You may say, I attend faithfully. I don't care how much you attend. If you're not trying to bring souls to Jesus Christ, you're not right with God. You say, I live a clean moral life. I don't care how circumspectly you walk. If you're not endeavoring to bring souls to Jesus Christ, you are not right with God. Andrew Murray said this. There are two classes of Christians. Soul winners and backsliders. Which one am I? Which one are you? If you don't have a passion to see people come to the Lord Jesus Christ, I wonder if you know the Jesus that I know. What I just said to you, I copied that. I plagiarized that. I wrote that down word, almost word for word from the person I got it from. You know who I got that from? Adrian Rogers, a love worth finding. And it spoke to me. So I've just given you my part of the word of the Lord for 2024. I ask that you bear with us. We're going to renew our vows to the Lord. That's what communion is. Andrew is going to lead us. This is like me saying to my wife, I'm so glad I married you. I recommit myself to you. I re-say the vows that I said.